Hi, this is the Football Heads Podcast. Today is the NFC Championship game and the AFC Championship game. Uh, I should probably say that... <laughs> I should probably finish the introduction, shouldn't I? Football Heads Podcast. Okay, so we'll talk anything and everything about football, which is a total lie because anything and everything is two different things. It's a false statement, really. There's no way we talk about everything. That that statement shouldn't really exist. So we'll talk anything pro football. And today it will be the NFC and AFC Championship Games, because that's what's happening today. I am Wyatt. And it looks like I'm alone. No, no one else introducing themselves. I'll be funnier as time goes on, don't worry. I'll find someone to have banner with because quite frankly, uh that's that's when that's when my comedy comedy really peaks. I'll try to spice it up with comedy, but less so today, probably. Anyway. So we got the NFC and AFC championship games. Who's gonna make in the Super Bowl? I think the Eagles are making the Super Bowl. But let's talk why. And then the AFC Championship game. Who knows? I mean, oh my god. That's going to go either way. Let's face it. But the Eagles 49ers game, two... These are two Titans. uh, Much more so than the Titans themselves. Meaning the Tennessee Titans, not like... Greek mythology Titans. Anyway... Looking at the Eagles and 49ers, let's see let's see what swings this game. And I think one thing is just the attitude of these teams. Yeah, 49ers are confident, but they just come off as overconfident. Just I mean Debo Samuel, oh yeah, our stadium our yeah, your stadium's definitely uh, louder than the link. Sure. Just saying that's gonna make them even louder. That's you're you're cursing yourself, Debo. Why would why would you do that? You're almost cursing yourselves as much as the fans that uh, put the jersey or shirt or whatever on the Rocky statue. Like there is a history with uh, the Rocky statue curse and putting putting your team's paraphernalia on it. Like you know, at least in the playoffs, Vikings did it. They lost thirty-eight to seven in the NFC Championship game. Cowboys did it last. Or not Cowboys. Sorry, Giants. Both division rivals, what's the difference? The Giants did it last week. They lost 38-7. to So, I mean, just going off of that, if, if it's just based on that, 38-7 Eagles, we, we can end the podcast there. That's what my little brother thinks, too. That's, that's his prediction for the game. I say little. He's taller than me. It's... He's only, like, he's only a couple years younger than me. It's not like, it's not like this is a two-year-old saying it. I'll, I'll tell you my older brothers. I'm, I'm, look, my older brother is really up on the football stuff. Like, he says, oh, this is what Harry Roseman needs to do. And Howie on his bad years does not do it. He is, he knows stuff that I I don't understand with football. He just looks at it and like, like, he has the Tony Romo eye for football. If you listen to Tony Romo watching the games, he, he, you'll know what I'm talking about. 
Look at the Howie Roseman thing in the drafts. It's not the best example. It's Howie's just all over the place. This year he's good. I mean, all the pickups. Sue, Joseph, Quinn, Brown, Reddick, CJ. Oh, my goodness. And then Davis and Dean. The draft. Oh, my goodness. And then he has given the Eagles range and depth here that that alone gives the Eagles another advantage right there. I mean, the range on offense, oh my goodness, they can just go rush for 300, <laughs> nearly 300 yards one week and go, yeah, let's pass for over 300 yards this week. Just back and forth. And the ability to to really rely on one and two push against a defense. I don't know why they didn't do it against the Saints. They, what, they, so my, I'm not going to talk about that game. We were missing Lane Johnson and Jalen Hurts anyway, so they probably already gave up because that was just a sloppy game. But bad rush defense, rush the ball. Bad pass defense, pass the ball. I mean, that's just a general thing, but the Eagles' ability to actually thrive on either of, of those is really insane. I mean, no other team is doing that. And, yeah, 49ers, really, really, really good rush defense, but slightly below average pass defense, ranked like 21st. Show just pass the ball. That's really what the Eagles really need to rely more on. Cause the old line, yeah, you you can they can still rush the ball. And I think this is gonna be a game where that that what twenty seven game streak that the 49ers have of not allowing eighty plus yards or whatever, or seventy plus two plus yards or something, that's coming to an end. When I mean, last time Jalen Hurts played against them. He got 82 yards. That was last year, which is when the 49ers streak started. But um, I think he has the potential alone to surpass that. And I think these Eagles running backs have the ability to do it too. I mean, you have Gainwell and Sanders gaining over 100 yards last week. And then, well, Boston Scott, I mean, Giant Slayer. Um, he didn't get as much yards, but he still got his touchdown. Nick Sirianni made sure of that. He knows he knows what the fans are looking for. But with this O-line, you can rush it. And I think in that, that Eagles O-line, uh, 49ers D-line, that's going to be a big matchup there. Especially Lane Johnson versus Nick Boza. But... Uh, Just look at Johnson's numbers. He, yeah, he's allowed nine, nine, what, hurries? It's, but then actually, no, no sacks, no, like, I don't know what to say. It's insane. No, no sacks or hits all season. Nine hurries. That's what it was. Nine hurries. 551 pass blocking snaps. 
Only nine hurries. No sacks. No hits. And that's including two games where he had to do that against Micah Parsons. I'm sorry, there's an H in there. Whenever there's an H, I like I called Sue Suh for the longest time. Whenever there's an H in. And then the Cowboys kicker. I don't, I don't know if it's Mayer or Mayer. Mayer. When it was an H in, I cannot pronounce the last names. It just throws me off. I mean, unless it's something like Johnson, like a pool. Yeah. It's when the H is at random spots, like in between two vowels or after a vowel with nothing on the other end. Or... Yeah, it's really the two situations. Yeah. Two, the letter lineups. Anyway. I just don't see Johnson uh, letting Boza through. If Boza's going to get to Hertz, it'll have to be from the other end against Jordan Mailata. And, oh, Boza said something about Mailata. Oh, he's nothing special about him. He's just big. These 49ers need to really learn their lesson about shit-talking. Oh, should I say that word? Trash-talking, uh the Eagles and the Eagles fan base look my lot is gonna up his game just off of that or he's just not gonna pay attention because you know what that's what the Eagles tend to do that's a big thing with their attitude they don't care what the the other guys are saying they work on themselves they they push themselves to take another step up Jalen Hurts is the epitome of that oh my goodness the change this season and his attitude alone has pushed the Eagles to be just like that. And that's what they're constantly doing all season long. You got a player from another team trash talking to you? Ah, we don't care. We're, we're focused on the Bears this week. Got a player trash talking? Ah, I don't care. I'm working on myself. That, that's a championship mindset. You're focused on yourself, improving yourself, Realizing there is no such thing as perfection, and you always have something to work on. That is what wins championships. Along with other stuff. Like defense wins championships. Uh, well, top two NFC defenses are facing each other this week in the NFC championship game. If that uh, doesn't uh, show you that that's true, then, uh, then I don't know what to tell you. Really, Nick Boza's ability to get Jalen Hurts. I just don't see it happening today. Maybe he gets a hurry against Johnson. Maybe a couple against Mailata. I think if Hurts gets out of the pocket, maybe he'll get to him. Like he'll, I mean, yeah, he'll probably get to him. I don't see him getting the sex that he's been looking for all season. He's a fun guy to listen to, especially when he's mic'd up, though. I'll, I'll, I'll give Bose of that. Like, I just want to sack the quarterback. Like, he's very chill. Kind of surprised me the comments on he made him a lot, actually. I'm 
upset by any too much time on very individualistic things. But the Eagles wide receivers versus the 49ers cornerbacks, that's going to be another matchup. I mean, you have uh, really the top, well, one of the top wide receiver duos. I, I mean, yeah, you can look at rushing yards, you can look at, you can look at all this stuff, but they are part of a very rush-heavy offense compared to the Bengals, the 49ers, the, uh, and the Dolphins, which is where you see the other top wide receiver duos. So you can make your arguments, oh, look at, the, look at how many passing yards this duo has versus them. I, I, I think they're the top wide receiver duo. They're really two wide receiver ones. The other duos are really a wide receiver one and a top wide receiver two. But this is two wide receiver ones, and I think they have really made defenses. Well, they've really punished defenses with that. And I think the Eagles are going to... The Eagles wide receivers are going to be able to really do that, and I think that's really going to be where we see a lot of the Eagles' offensive performance today. Because... Rushing-wise, yeah, there's, the 49ers are still a top rushing defense. The Eagles are not going to have as good of a rushing game as usual. They will they will surpass that, uh, that 49ers streak that they have of not lining up like 70-something-plus yards in 27 games. They will break that streak. But they're still not going to have their... They're not going to have their best <laughs> rushing performance today. And the 49ers aren't going to have their best rushing defense performance today. So that's what happens when you have an unstoppable force meeting an immovable object. You think, oh, one of them breaks. Oh, yeah, no. They both break. I'm sorry. I'm just, that was, I like that. I, that's what happened. Yeah. That's, I just came up with that line on the spot. I mean, it's, yeah, it could work on the wording a little bit, but yeah. Unstoppable force meets an immovable object. Neither one wins. But the Eagles will win. I'm just not, just not there. And, uh, yeah, in the trenches, that's, that's going to be a big part of that. Uh, I mentioned earlier, though, line versus their the Eagles O-line versus the 49ers D-line, but the trenches on the other end, too, that's going to have a big impact, and the Eagles rushing defense, or not rushing, the Eagles defensive line, I think is going to have an easier time against the 49ers offensive line than, than in that other, than in the flipped matchup there. They got depth. And you have, they have a chance to get the most, when you include the postseason, most sacks in a season. And if most sacks, for most sacks in the regular season, they almost had it, but just couldn't, couldn't really get it against the Giants in that Week 18 matchup. It's kind of surprising, but considering, uh, considering that was, what, third stringers? 
And yeah, people will look at that and like, oh, look how bad the offense did that game. They were running a vanilla offense. Jalen Hurts was not running the ball because they don't want to get him injured. Like, and they don't want to, didn't want to give the Giants a chance to have more film to look at before a potential third meeting, which ended up happening. And because of that, they're uh, look at the slaughtering that they did because of it. If they wanted to, they could add three massacres against the Giants this season. But they made the smarter move than that Week 18 matchup. But the the defense should have done better in that matchup. Because you're still really running the same defense. So a little surprised they didn't get the sacks. I think the sacks will absolutely be there today. You're you're gonna see Brock Purdy have his toughest game yet. He's going against the toughest secondary that he's thrown against. He's going against the toughest rush defense that he's really going against yet. And look, I don't really believe in the concept of the system quarterback. But if there is a system quarterback this season, it would have to be Purdy just because yeah, there's this sec, the the success they're having, the, the win streak. That didn't start with Purdy coming in. That started with McCaffrey coming in. And you have all these weapons. And you saw the difference that was already made before it. Like I would say even Garoppolo would be in that. That makes for a system quarterback there. It's really a 49ers. really the case for the system quarterback. Because you have three quarterbacks play. Two of them, they did... Eh, average finished off this having the whole system and you have two quarterbacks one one being different than the original two obviously and they just continue to win because they have the full system I mean, top defense top running back second best tight end one of the top four wide receiver duos I think number eight or something for offensive line. Yeah, of course. They're going to win. Yeah. Unless they come across a equal or better team, they're obviously going to win. And they have not come across that yet until the Eagles. And the closest thing I would say would probably be the Cowboys, but then... Last week, I mean, the Cowboys, I mean, it's the Cowboys in the divisional round. They choke. That's when they choke, especially what you saw with Prescott. And, yeah, it's like, oh, well, who cares if they choke? The 49ers still did great. They didn't. They didn't play great. And I was, I was really surprised with that. They scored one touchdown, were held to a field goal four times. There's times I don't think they scored, even though they got into Cowboys territory pretty easily. And there's just too much hype after that game for the 49ers, I believe. And just this overconfidence. Like, I think, like, Purdy's got confidence, and it's good. It helps them. 49ers fans have too much confidence in what their team's, team's doing right now. They should have done better against the Cowboys. And I think that team 
slightly better version is going to show up today and going against a team like the Eagles slightly better than last week still looks worse for them. There's too much hype even around certain plays. Like so many points in the game, I, I, I see 49ers saying, "Oh yeah, that was that was the turning point of the game. That was that was really when we like you were six and six. Like the score was six six. And you think the turning point of the game means that like a quarter later it's nine nine, <laughs> and you still don't take the lead for a little bit more." <laughs> Like, that's not what a turning point is, and there was no 20, turning point in that game. If, like, you're even the whole way and win by one score against a team that is actively choking. If you think you're going to get 19 points against the Eagles, you're fooling yourselves because this is a better defense with an offense that's going to keep them off the field more. I, I just don't know what to say. I mean, eh. <laughs> I mean this is so like with the catch Kittle made. See all all this stuff. Oh, that was the best catch of all the divisional round of any. I'm like no, no. In any case, when a wide receiver or a tight end or or anybody is fumbling the ball trying to get it and they don't immediately catch it, that is not a great catch. That's. More along the lines of luck, and uh, like if you a great catch, you just catch it. There is no fumbling it in the air. Like even like oh yeah, it was one hand reaching out. Well, he could just do what Goddard did in that first touchdown the Giants made or the Eagles made against the Giants. You just you just snag it in. Yeah, it's one hand all the way out here. Yeah, just snag it, in. and then proceed to pile through a few guys to the end zone. Kittle didn't do that. Green, I still think Kittle's a better tight end than uh, Goddard. No offense. Goddard, obviously. I mean, you're a great tight end. I just think Goddard's number three in the league this year. Kittle's number two in the offseason. Yeah, Kelsey at number one. I mean, I mean, I. Well, I'll get to that. That's a whole different matchup that we got to talk about. I don't think the 49ers are fully prepared for this game. And I'm relying on McCaffrey to exploit an Eagles average rush defense. I mean, their rushing defense is still better than the 49ers pass defense. Like, they both have a top, like the one is, 49ers are the top, I believe, rush defense, but then 21 pass defense. Eagles are like one or two pass defense and 16 rush defense. And really, the way they play, the rush defense doesn't need to be good. The Eagles have never really had to worry about that as much. They take the lead. They force the other team to pass it. And the fact that the other teams are passing more You would think that the the Eagles' pass defense would would have to give up at points, but they don't. It's an elite pass defense that is what's up t- 
typically being tested because these offenses have to pass it because the, the Eagles just get out to these leads, especially in the second quarter in like the first first half of the season. The Eagles continue to take the lead first when Jalen hurts it in. Anyway. <laughs> The doubt that people have against the Eagles is just misfounded. That it makes no sense because every week it's like, oh, this is the game that the Eagles are going to be shown to be frauds, like the Titans, and then the Eagles just whoop them, and then the oh the Packers, and then the Eagles. Was that the game they did the? Was it three hundred plus rushing yard passing yards? But they, they just. They just continue to win. Their losses are without their quarterback for two weeks. So, like, yeah, those are losses. And then against a division rival, the second time they face them. And, yeah, the one the one loss without the quarterback was also a second time facing the division rival. But... Division rivalry games, those those are the ones that are going to go either way. That's why the Bills-Dolphins game is really the only number two seed versus number seven seed that's actually been close. <laughs> and yeah, there's the Seahawks-49ers rival. That's a rivalry game, and they were close for the first half, but then the 49ers blew them out of the water. I don't see why we still have another number seven seed in the playoffs. Yeah, after two, it's only been two seasons, but they just continue to get blown out of water. And I don't see a number seven seed winning a game anytime soon. But the rivalry, that's a big reason why Eagles, those games are going to go either way. And more likely, and the Eagles continue to shoot themselves in the foot that week. And that was earlier in the season. That was like the midway point of the regular season. And well, it was the midway point. And the Eagles are always looking at, okay, this is what we need to do to improve. This is what we need to do to improve. You know that last week, that's a result of that. It's not like, oh, the Giants suck. Because that was another game we were going in. People were like, oh, this could be a game. Giants are going to beat them. They're going to really show that these Eagles are a fraud. Like People just continue to say that. And it never comes true because it's not true. Eagles are not frauds. This is the furthest team from a fraud all season. They are the most consistent team. They consistently find ways to win. And it's not like the Vikings where it's like they consistently fall behind and manage to come back. That's just one way of winning 11 times. And they shot themselves in the foot with it trying to do it in the playoffs. Because that's what's going to happen. Eagles don't do that. Yeah, that's what happened against the Colts, but it's not like they're consistently doing that every week. They consistently find a way, find different ways to get ahead. Whether it be rushing, or the, the or the passing, or the even having the defense relying on them to get those interceptions, like in the and fumbles, turnovers. I don't know why I didn't just say that instead of elaborating both interceptions. Yeah. Anyway, I'm a complicated man. I make it more complicated than it needs to be. But Eagles find ways to do it. 
and they consistently do it. That's what's going to happen. People went in thinking, oh, yeah. Giants are going to show them. Eagles whoop them and like, oh, well, the Giants suck. Like, no. They were going in. Daniel Jones was playing his best game. They still got Saquon Barkley. All these players are playing their best game yet. And they have made improvements throughout the season. Which really, their coach, like he's done a great job there. But they were playing their best game. They, they were absolutely ready. This is their best chance to beat the Eagles, honestly. And the reason they got whooped is because the Eagles are just that whole nother level of a team. I don't just think that they think that they're going to win this. I think they win it all because they are just that t- kind of team. They have put in the work to get the, to the closest of perfection that a team can be. And they are still putting the work, finding ways to change. And a huge part of that is just Jalen Hurts' attitude of doing exactly that. Doing that before the season. Doing that every game. And oh my goodness, if you listen to what he says when he has questions with the press and all that. That is a perfect attitude for a quarterback to have. And that, he's a real leader. And I think, well, I'll, I'll talk about the MVP stuff later. I mean, not this this episode, but... Eventually, I'll have an episode on that. But I, heads up, I think I think he deserves it because it's not just about what the numbers on the field. It's about the impact he makes on the team, and he makes the players around him better. That rushing offense improves much more with him there than without. It's not just oh he's getting more rushing yards; he's getting the other ru- the rushers to get more rushing yards by being there. The impact he has with that is huge. And the impact he has off the field when they're in the locker room is huge. The attitude he has is just amazing. It's that championship attitude. He's saying, I'm not I'm not hungry for this. I'm starving. And yeah, the hungry dog gets the, the bone or whatever. He's starving for it. I, I love that attitude. I love to see that. Especially with a lot of quarterbacks this season, you just see these negative attitudes. That, with Brady and Rodgers and, and Zach Wilson, it's just, seeing this is just awesome to see with, with uh, Hurts. And like, they, when they got the number one seat, Sirianni's I mean, okay, you guys get one day off, and then, but Hurts is like, so you and I are going to go in and uh, look at film tomorrow then, is what you mean. <laughs> and then they did. And he's taking that initiative. He's telling the coach, like, we're going to watch film. <laughs> he's He has a huge impact on this team that you don't just see with numbers. And they say winning's not a quarterback stat anymore, like with what you saw with Stafford last season. But it still is. Because if a quarterback is able to change the attitude of a team, you see something like this. You see the winning. And I think Hurts is probably the biggest factor that is going to go into winning today. He's just on another level. And he puts the Eagles team on another level.
So like I said, my younger brother thinks 38 to 7 because we're going solely off the fact of the Rocky statue playoff curse with that one. Older brother said 24-17. He's thinking a little closer. I'm thinking... No, I said I'm a compli- I'll make it more complicated because uh, why not? I think Eagles come in and they shock the 49ers to start. I think the 49ers slowly recover, but not nearly enough to win it. I think the 49ers are coming in this way overconfident. They need to be coming in like, okay, we need to put in the work. We need to fight for this. That's the attitude the Eagles have. And they're the number one seed. They're the better team. Not just because they're the number one seed. Because of how they play. And they're coming in already thinking, okay, we got to put in the work. That's a winning attitude. Not the overconfident, oh, I'm going to win. That's not a winning attitude. A winning attitude is not saying you're going to win. A winning attitude is putting the effort to make sure you do win. That's what the Eagles have. If 49ers don't have that, they're going to get shocked. They're going to come in overconfident, allow up a few scores. I think I think it's realistic to say the Eagles are up like 17-3 or 21-3 or 20-3, something like that, going into the half. And that three for the 49ers coming at like the end. They're trying to, they just try to get down the field, get some points on the board, have some sort of momentum. And this is also going off the way of just watching the Eagles play, how they do stuff. I think the third quarter is just going to be really slow for both teams. I don't, I don't know if there's going to be a score at all in the third quarter. I just feel like that's going to be one where the defenses dominate. I think the Eagles score again early in the fourth. And me being me, I'll, I'll, no, I'll be I'll be straightforward and honest. I am an Eagles fan. So if the Eagles go in, they're up 27 to 3 in the early in the fourth quarter. I'm gonna be thinking the Eagles are gonna screw this up. Cause I think if you are a longtime Eagles fan, like myself, you you've experienced the disappointment, or you have a dad that's just told you told you all the disappointing stories. They set you up like with promise uh, just to disappoint and that's what we've really come used to the 2017-2018 season with the Super Bowl win kind of a an anomaly to me because really the, once getting injured at that point was like oh yeah yeah see that's, that's what we were expecting this whole time there's the disappointment we were expecting and uh well fools fools that is little Rocky Balboa Magic and and the Eagles won in an anomaly because we are used to the disappointment. And I, if we're, the Eagles are up twenty-seven to three early in the fourth quarter, I'm still thinking, yeah, 49ers are go to them. They're going to get three touchdowns. They're going to get the two-point conversion each time. They're going to tie it up and win it overtime. That's what I'm thinking. That's what I'm thinking. That's what we'll be thinking at that point if that's what the score is. If it's a closer game or if it's a further game, even bigger lead. Or even if the Eagles are losing. Uh, whatever the situation is, I'm thinking the Eagles are going to lose. I'm thinking they're going to leave us in disappointment because that's just... You get used to it. Uh, but right now, while I'm not... Don't have the adrenaline pumping from watching the game. 
more realistically, the 49ers, yeah, they got a score, they got the two-point conversion, make it 27-11. And I think the Eagles, the way they're able to run down the clock, I think that's a that that could be the final score if the Eagles get it back and are able to rush it, run it down. Or maybe they still run it down a little bit, but the 49ers get the ball back, and then either they score or they don't. And maybe they got the two-point conversion, or they don't if they got the score. It's like 27-17, 27-19, I don't know. Something like that. Either way, one or two-score game. But if it's a one-score game, obviously on the longer end with eight points, the most you can get in one score. But the Eagles' ability to run down the clock and their ability to take a lead early is really their, one of their best strategies. Uh, they beat the Colts, but uh, I wouldn't say falling behind like that is a good strategy. If Vikings are a good example of that, but uh, I think we're gonna see the Eagles' best strategy again. Ed, I'm just running down the clock, play out, and Eagles get a get up in the high twenties, leave leave the 49ers somewhere between ten and twenty points, and call it a day. I have not talked at all about the AFC Championship game yet, and but I don't really have much to say of that. That's like I feel like that's a closer one where it's just like you know what you can make an argument either way. It's going to go either way. I have no idea. I think that one definitely is a one-score game where a field goal, so much as a field goal, can completely change the outcome of a game. One of these teams is going to win by three or less points. Or it's going to go over time and one of these teams win by a touchdown. Or even then, maybe still three or less points. Quite frankly, uh, overtime's my very realistic outcome of this one. I think it could also just play out the same way as the game earlier in the season. Something around like 24-27 Bengals win sort of score. Or maybe even reverse, maybe Chiefs barely get it. I don't think that Mahomes' injury is going to have an impact, much of an impact of the game, or maybe no impact at all. Because he seems pretty healthy, he doesn't seem to have a limp. Yeah, you think, oh, well, he's still going to be a little less mobile, but he's not as mobile as he used to be. Like, he doesn't rush as much. Yeah, he throws on the run a lot still. That's still a big impact. And he has those fancy throws. But... I don't really think it's going to have that much of an impact unless he takes, like, that ankle actually takes an impact itself. Yeah, I think the Bengals are still going to try to get after him in that, but I don't think it's going to make a huge impact. Like, maybe one more sack, maybe one more hit I don't than it would have been otherwise, but it's still Mahomes, still being coached by Andy Reid, which is a whole... Like, he's he's been here before. Yeah, he's with the Eagles. Made him, took him to NFC Championship game four years in a row. Got to Super Bowl once, didn't win any. But he's doing better with the Chiefs here. And he's already has fifth time in a row, so one more than that. Made it to two Super Bowls, one more with the Eagles, then with the Eagles. And then one Super Bowl win, one more than he had with the Eagles. 
So maybe he just keeps it all at one more. Maybe they lose today. It's still Andy Reid, though. He could do it. I think they pull it off. And a big thing is Mahomes. He's shown improvement. I think a big part of that is the fact that the quarterback, yeah, after he got injured a couple years back, he did not change. He was still Mahomes. McNabb got injured with the Eagles back when Andy Reid was there. He did not look the same, and he would choke in the championship games often. Or in the one time he didn't choke in a championship game, he choked in the Super Bowl instead. A huge thing is just the quarterback and Mahomes, regardless of whether or not he's running it or not, or if he's on the run when he's passing it, I think he's, he's, it's still Mahomes. He's relied a lot more on the passing game than the running game. And, yeah, even being on the run, maybe he has a little bit less passing yards than typical, but I mean, he's over 5,000, just in the regular season, over 5,000 passing yards. You don't see that often. A good milestone is 4,000. Like, 4,000 passing yards is like equivalent of 1,000 receiving yards or 1,000 rushing yards for, like, a player. He's over 5,000. A big thing is of winning championships is in the pocket. So it's, if his O-line can block for him, making passes in the pocket for Mahomes is going to be a big thing that he needs to be able to do. And if he can do that, I think the Chiefs might have an edge. But if the 49ers are able to get through this O-line, I think that will give Bengals an edge. But in a really close game where it's decided by three points or less, like I think it's going to be... That little bit of an edge isn't going to be much. <laughs> And it'll mean, I mean, yeah, it's a closer game. It means a lot because of that. But at the same time, in a really close game, you need the edge in other places too. Like if you get the edge everywhere else, but don't get it there, like you could still win. Like, I mean, that's just any game in general. But I think it's less than three points. It goes either way. I'm slightly not... I could say slightly leaning towards Chiefs. I could say slightly leaning towards Bengals. And uh, I'm sure whichever one I say is just going to be wrong. I just feel that like Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, they can do it, especially with Kelsey, everything he's done, really dominate in the receiving game. They could have an edge. To slightly get past the Bengals, finally get a win while Burrow's there, make a Super Bowl. I would love to see a Kelsey Brothers Super Bowl. That'd be awesome. But at the same time, the way Burrow plays, I feel like we are gonna see a game here where Bengals could make a point for themselves. Like it's not the Chiefs anymore that it be that are the dynasty of the AFC. It is us. We are that team. Because the, the... I feel like the Bills could have been a team to do that, but they've just consistently shown, like, no, we're not getting, we're not getting through the playoffs here. Yeah, we got here. We're not getting through it. And 
fact that this is a rematch between the Bengals and the Chiefs shows these are the two teams. The fact the Bengals have kept winning this with Burrow, if they win today, I feel like that really sets it in stone. Like, the, the Bengals are going to be the team, like the team of the AFC for a few more years. At least they'll be the team making it to the AFC Championship game five years in a row. Chiefs are going to see a slight downgrade. But if the Chiefs are able to pull off the win, I think it really solidifies them because they got they got young talent since they lost Hill. Like they got young talent at receiver, young talent at running back, which is really where they need to see improvement on offense. Which on an offense like that, like if you see improvement there, on top of everywhere else. The way they've been performing, they're gonna. I feel like prove themselves to be even more of a dominant team. Like they'll just be the Patriots, where they're going to the championship game like like twelve years in a row or something. Because <laughs> they they've really just been something else with this. Is the first team to do five years in a row. I mean, I mean, yeah, the Patriots they make it twelve years in a row. I'm just saying. I mean, they got how many Super Bowls? And why not? The, why can't the Chiefs? I think they can do it as long as it's not the Bengals consistently standing in between them. So I think that's a close game. I'm not going to say Bengals or Chiefs. I can't do that. I don't know. That's what, No matter what I say, it's going to be wrong. So I'm just not going to say either way. So I think Eagles win today. Who knows who wins in the AFC. But, uh. I, I, no, I'm, I'm just gonna stop there. I'm, uh, I could uh, say, "Hey, listen to my other podcast," but uh, I'll I'll just wait for other episodes to do that. Uh, I'll just end very amateurly. Maybe I'll even stop like mid sentence or something because that would be 